0: Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Friday, the 13th of November, 2020, and we're back with episode 170. That's 170. Before getting started, though, if you're a fan of this podcast, please don't forget to drop me five stars on Apple Podcasts and follow me on all social media at AutonomousHogue. So today, my guest is John Rossant. He is the chairman of newcities.org and also the CEO of CoMotion. John also sits on the advisory board of Saudi Arabia's Neom City. It's a 150 square mile, that's a 388 square kilometer planned smart city at the northwestern corner of Saudi Arabia. Powered entirely by renewable energy and eschewing conventional transportation methods for autonomous vehicles, both land and air-based alike, this then offers a tantalizing new look into the future of where Saudi Arabia plans to take itself. Anyway, we've got a 40-minute conversation, absolutely fascinating, during which John shares all of his insight on Neom while touching, of course, on his global experiences from his time at New Cities and CoMotion. So, hope you're sitting comfortably 40 minutes with John Rossent, chairman of newcities.org and CEO of CoMotion, begins now. <music>
1: I mean, about commotion. Um, what we're you know, it's in our DNA. I mean, I think two things uh, characterize us. One is that we uh, we are very global. I mean, and I think at our our, our big mobility events, whether uh, commotion LA in Los Angeles or commotion Miami in uh, in the spring in Miami, uh, you know, I think probably about a third to almost a half of the speakers and participants come from overseas. Um, whether from Asia, uh, uh, Europe, all over Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Israel, of course, has is, become yes. is sort of a powerhouse yes. of new mobility, as you're aware, Mark. Um, and I think that distinguishes us. The other thing, which I think is 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 we do, I guess, quite well to be a modest, is that we mix public and private quite evenly. So. About half the audience, half the speakers come from the public sector and about half from the private. So, you know, there'll be heads of departments of transportation or ministers of transport, but also uh, startups and OEMs and things like that. I mean, we very much believe that the future of mobility and and transportation depend on uh, a very vibrant collaboration between public and private. And I think that that those kinds of partnerships are going to just increase in the future. Um, And it's, it's, yeah. And I think it's sort of how we see mobility developing. I mean, if you think of cities and we, you know, we came to mobility from cities, I'm the head of the new cities foundation. Um, I I was
0: literally about to ask you, is this how it segued to new cities and then, uh, and then obviously NEON. I can't wait to hear more about NEON.
1: (laughs) Well, it began with cities. So New Cities Foundation is based in Montreal. We used to be based in Paris. And we look at city building around the world and urban planning and what, and basically the impact of technology on cities. And we were founded around 11 years ago. Um, we have uh, uh, a lot of members ranging from, you know, big companies like uh, Google and, um, and, 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 uh, and, uh, Ericsson, etc., to uh, Engie in France to a lot of startups, et cetera so when you look at cities, you very quickly begin to look at the mobility and transportation piece, so I think we you know quite early on, i mean one of our first projects about a decade ago was in fact with the city of San jose hmm. uh here in California, and we linked San Jose uh, with Ericsson in Sweden, big telecom company, uh, Waze, which at that point was a startup. It had not been purchased by Google yet for several billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And it was a one-year project looking at how social media, this this is a decade ago, so it's quite early on, how social media could improve commuting um And the experience of commuting and it was it was a quite an interesting study a lot of lot of kind of crunching data et cetera um and about seven or eight years ago, a funny thing happened, and that was Google started to invest very massively in um driverless mobility and autonomous mm-hmm. mobility as you you have uh, very well followed. You know that would that it began in Uber X, which is their moonshot program, uh, and then that obviously over the years morphed into Waymo, which is uh, one of the big AB players. But at the time, Google was kind of just starting out, and they were really interested to understand how autonomy, autonomous mobility, would fit into an urban context. And so, I mean, they you know figuratively knocked on our door of new cities and said, you know, we're interested in this, can you help us, et cetera. And so Google became a member of our foundation around eight years ago or so. Hmm. And it was right at the moment that um, Uber uh, was a small San Francisco startup and was starting to offer services in New York and it was beginning to be a thing. If you remember those days, uh-huh. and I think it was it was those two things: sort of Google autonomous vehicles plus, uh, you know, this 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 new startup called Uber, which could deliver a black <laughs> black car to you in a few you know a few minutes, cheaper than a taxi cab in New York, which which is where I was living. And I think we realized that something was very very fundamental was beginning to shift in the universe of mobility and transportation. That would, uh, you know, between autonomy, ride-hailing, connected mobility, um, and I, we felt that this is something so important for cities, and that cities everywhere around the world would be 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 extremely impacted by this. So we decided to look at it more closely um, as a foundation which looks at cities. We 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 had an existential need to stay on top of this development. And so we kind of collectively said to ourselves, why don't we um, make a conference, put together a conference, inviting the 100 or 150 smartest people in the world who think about the future of of urban mobility. And uh, Google loved that idea. And, And so we had actually a first convening of a conference that we called Cities on the Move, the future of urban mobility. We had the first one in Mountain View at Google. And people, you know, there were about 120 people. They came from you know, Europe around North America. And it was fascinating because it was one of the first gatherings where people working in autonomy were exchanging with people working in battery electric, with public sector officials, uh, I think. Um, and so it was, it was just a great discussion. And we realized that we had to kind of double down on this. And we had another gathering a year later in um, Tokyo. Sorry, in uh, London and then in Tokyo. And and then we started looking more closely, frankly, uh, at the landscape in Los Angeles, in Southern California, because uh, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, still the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, had promulgated, had published something called the Mobility 2035 Plan, which was a blueprint for future mobility and transportation in Los Angeles. And it was basically a kind of blueprint for post-car Los Angeles, which is, you know, the very concept is amazing. Yeah. And so we came out here, we talked to Mayor Gassetti, to Salida Reynolds, the Remarkable head of the LA Department of Transportation, and it just dawned on me and on us that um, we should bring this kind of art itinerant, high-level conference that that we, we we were organizing on mobility that we should bring it to LA and kind of expand it, and that became commotion. That became Commotion LA, and. Oh, that's so this is the first, the fourth year, and uh, it's expanding. You know, we had I think over two thousand people last year. There'll probably be two or three thousand registered participants um, next week. To virtual event, unfortunately, or fortunately, I suppose. But uh, I mean, just
0: just to be clear, the new cities and Commotion LA are two distinct things, though, right? I mean,
1: yes, I mean yes and no. I mean, we 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 say that Commotion LA is an initiative of new cities foundation um it's managed separately i mean it's it's commotion l a is a big undertaking uh, we 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 didn't want to put the foundation at risk so it no it works very very well so it's uh, you know the the uh, uh and we collaborate very closely with with new cities foundation and with many other partners as well of course.
0: And you'll know, excuse me for jumping the gun. I, my enthusiasm is uh, killing me here. My, the anticipation, I should say, is uh, so neon. So where did this come from? Am I even pronouncing it correctly? It's a great, Yeah, uh, it's a great, uh, I love the meaning behind the name. Uh, so where did this come nope. from?
1: Yeah, neon. And, and by the way,
0: I should say, I'm asking with at least a little bit of context behind yeah. this with respect sure. to a thing, which I just want to ask you just point blank to kick things off. How similar, or shall we say dissimilar, is this, if you remember, I want to say back around 2010 in Abu Dhabi, the Mazdar City project? Are yeah. these parallel types of things, or are they no, somehow a, quite different?
1: Completely different. Um, I, I okay. you know both projects very well. I spent a lot of time in the Middle East. Um, and Mazdar is and was a essentially a real estate development. It's it's not that big. It's a, it's a
0: right. It's, it was a test growth, ground, as, as I recall.
1: Yeah, uh, Neom is completely different. It is an area uh, in the northwest quadrant of, of Saudi Arabia, so sort of near the Mediterranean, near very near the Israeli border, and across from the um, Sharm el Sheikh, from the Sinai. It's a vast region. It's the size of um, Belgium or the size of Israel. So it's it's yeah. a really it's it could be a separate country. And very, very, very sparsely populated, but with sort of pristine coasts, amazing mountains, deserts, and archaeological remains. And the government uh, a few years ago of Saudi Arabia decided that this would be a great test case for um, organizing a real 21st century economy based on um 21st century industry on robotics disconnected from uh from the oil business in the other parts of the country Uh, and it's a very very kind of dramatic really statement and i think it's significant for for many reasons um but you know as an urban specialist and someone who thinks about cities a lot it's 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 really fascinating because it's the first new city development uh, anywhere in the world that takes into account two um, important and fundamentally important metatrends. I mean, one, of course, is the energy transition away from fossil fuels, from hydrocarbon um, energy to renewable energy, which is, you know, we're beginning to see everywhere. Thank God it's not happening fast enough. But the Saudis wanted to make a statement about that. Um, and NEOM will be, I think, the first development anywhere in the world that actually is not based on on, on oil. Um, it's It will be completely based on renewable energy from solar and wind. Uh, and this sounds
0: familiar, right? Because this is something that Dubai started doing quite a few years ago. Right,
1: so dubai's a, well, yeah, but Dubai is a very you know it's i mean with respect with to the energy I have i mean it, it's a it's a city that's completely choked by motor cars no no um, but I'm,
0: I'm only referring to the to the movement away from oil as a primary revenue stream
1: well, the thing with Dubai is Dubai, in fact, never had much oil, so one of the reasons they're so successful is that they had to develop you know those kind of commercial capabilities and their trading capabilities much earlier. right
0: true that's a good point, yep, so, yeah. true.
1: But so, so the other thing that's interesting about NEOM is one that it's it will be almost solely based on renewables. The industry in NEOM will be based on hydrogen, um, and rather than you know sort of natural gas or or diesel fuel Mm -hmm. trucks. So that's a first anywhere on planet Earth. The second is that it takes into account very fully the mobility revolution. And so the transportation that is being planned uh, for NEOM doesn't depend at all on internal combustion engines, number one, or indeed privately owned vehicles. So it would be very heavy use of autonomy, uh-huh. shared uh, urban aerial mobility, because uh, if you have a territory that's so vast, you know, it's, it's sort of 150 miles across. Uh, you will need um, electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft, etc., to move around. So it's not like they're going to build freeways in this vast area. You know, it will be everything is being done to maintain the the kind of pristine quality of of, of, of the land there, which is which is great. It's a it's a, a great commitment.
0: So this is really more than just a test bed. This is literally like I don't know a twenty first century Sim City in real life. Build an entirely new city from scratch. Bleeding edge technology in every sense of the word, and literally, how? Yes. What did I read somewhere? A million inhabitants potentially.
1: Yes, but not only that, but it, it's also, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's all of that, but it's also um, a it ha it will have its own legal system, its own set of laws, its own administration. So it's, I guess technically part of the kingdom of saudi arabia but in every other respect in in me- most respects it's a kind of independent country so it's a sort of special you kind of anticipated country.
0: one of my next set of questions <laughs> so okay <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is interesting I know you're, I know you're well ask. <laughs> well yeah i mean i think it's worth at least spending 30 seconds on this uh, i was yeah. doing some googling on it as well before we jumped yeah. on our call just now yeah. but i mean i think a lot of folks are i mean Obviously, I don't want to get overly political on this podcast, but obviously a lot of folks might be wondering, huh, that's one part super cool, one part somewhat surprising. Uh, Obviously, there's been a lot of concern in the world for a certain, shall we say, just to pick on one obvious thing, women's rights in Saudi Arabia, obviously. Um, So to the extent that there's this incredibly awesome initiative for NEOM, one might ask, well, that's great, but what about something as fundamental as women's rights. So you're saying it's going to be almost an autonomous (laughs) pun. Yes. And I think subsidiary of sorts
1: and the legal system of Neom. And I've spent quite a lot of time with the, with members of, you know, they have a team of jurists who put that together. I mean, there's, um, there's legal recognition for absolute equality between men and women in, in in Neom legislation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, will be a bit different from, let's say, the surrounding context. But that said, I think many people in the West perhaps don't understand that Saudi Arabia itself is going through quite a, um, I guess, an awakening or uh, reforms that are absolutely unprecedented. I mean, I'm sure you you realize that this is a country where women were forbidden to drive for Decades and decades. And so that's no longer the case as of a couple of years.
0: Which is an unfortunate historic irony. I mean, the same is true for Iran, for instance. I mean, Islam never was such a restrictive uh, religion. It's a modern perversion of the religion that's manifested in the last hundred years. Also, don't want to get into this now, but it sounds like we understand this both. So, okay, good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think, you know, the rest of Saudi Arabia is also moving forward pretty quickly. Right.
0: um, Very cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I've been on. I'd, so I was. Uh, the government asked me to sit on the advisory board um, about two and a half years ago, and it's been a fascinating experience, sort of seeing this um, come to life.
0: Yeah. No. This, this sounds really great. So, okay. So you're you're involved in Neom uh, in an advisory capacity, then. Yeah. And then is this something that's in any way? So, to what extent is something like New Cities, or I guess even Commotion itself? Are there, are are those organizations able to have any sort of hand in what's happening at Neom or not
1: um, really, but I mean, I think, you know, given that, um, you know, it's probably the world's most important new city. Um, that's Greenfield city. I mean, we have a direct interest at at new cities foundation and seeing how that, um, you know, that, how that goes. Um, and, and the mobility piece is going to be so important.
0: In, yeah, uh, obviously, I want, I want to dive into that strictly, yeah. of course, <laughs> for obvious <laughs> reasons. I mean, so you mentioned already the idea for vertical takeoff electric vehicles. Great. Uh, obviously, yeah. I'm imagining um, it'll be a great test bed for autonomous ground-based vehicles, podcars, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming then privately owned vehicles will be outright prohibited. Is that the idea?
1: I mean, or at I, least extremely limited. I think pretty limited. You know, right. I'm not sure if anybody wants to be in the, in the business of prohibiting anything. But um, it will be very, 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 very difficult, if not impossible, to bring in a privately owned internal combustion engine vehicle into Neom, cool. Neom's territory. So that is that is pretty cool and significant. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, there are some more major things, such as um, you know, potentially uh, use of Hyperloop or Maglev on a fairly massive scale.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah. So. That that would be a great application of that. Actually, I saw I, uh, I saw a somewhat unfair, uh, sarcastic article about Hyperloop uh, testing in Las Vegas and how uh-huh. it was the world's most useless high-speed rail system, carrying two people 500 meters at speeds of around 100 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exp- it's <laughs> the first test
1: it's <laughs> the last week. Yeah, with the, the Virgin Hyperloop. Test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but no, you're right, though. I mean, obviously, from what I understand, you said 150 square miles, Neom.
1: It's it's about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that I mean it's it's it, it's it's like a big, you know, it's a, a mid-sized US state. Let's put it
0: that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Huh. <laughs> this is very cool. All yeah. right. So, and I guess the timeline I saw was something in the mid 20s or excuse me, the mid uh whatever, well, yeah. like, you know, like, you to... there,
1: there's a big plan called the Vision 2030 plan right. uh, mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia to effectively, um, you know, prioritize non-oil industries and 21st century industries, et cetera. So it's inscribed in that. So I think, you know, uh, over the next 10 years, they would like to see, you know, NEOM begin to be pretty significantly populated. And, um, and I think that will, you know, I think that will, it could happen. You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not pessimistic. I'm guardedly optimistic about it. Um, you know, in the, in the new city business, I mean, uh, there are a lot of countries around the world that build cities from scratch. I mean, we don't do that uh, here in the United States or in Europe because we don't need to. I mean, we're as urbanized as we're about we're ever going to be. But in countries like China and India, Indonesia that are very rapidly urbanizing, you have to build cities from scratch. So that's happening across China, India, uh, in the Middle East. Very few new, new cities, new planned cities are successful. I mean, uh, if you think of, sort of the usual metrics of what makes a city successful, um, you know, you kind of over plan in the beginning and, you know, people don't want to move to and live in sort of lifeless sort of urban environments sort of where everything is somehow been thought out by committee, et cetera. So very few of these greenfield cities actually work. So we're hoping, you know, that, that NEOM will sort of buck that trend and, um, will attract kind of cool knowledge workers, uh, from, from around the world. So,
0: I mean, at a at a minimum, it sounds like it would be a pretty astonishing novelty to, to 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 visit. I mean, I mean, I think one of the things that struck folks about Dubai, who would otherwise not have visited, say, any region in the Middle East, I mean, Dubai was has become basically a really fun, popular spot for folks to go they would have otherwise not gone. Let's say, yeah, and, and um, I think
1: I think that's the promise of Neom. I mean, I think you add to that the fact that it is you know three hours, three and a half hours from from Italy or France, I mean, it's, it's kind of sort of more part of the Mediterranean region than it is the Gulf. Um, and so in fact, it has a, a, a rather, uh, more gentle climate than other parts of Saudi Arabia. It has, um, unbelievably stunning, um, and untouched coral reefs, probably some of the best in the world. Um, that, you know there's been just been zero development ever so they're completely pristine so for anybody into you know sort of adventure sports or you know diving um you know extreme sports mountain climbing it it is it is just amazing there it is it is really really gorgeous part of the world
0: yeah no i'm actually <laughs> actually couldn't help myself. I zoomed in on uh, Google Maps to check out the uh, scenery there. You're right. It looks pretty stunning just from satellite view.
1: <laughs> and then, and um, then geopolitically, you know, it's, you know, where, when I go there, I've been there a few times, uh, you know, the the kind of central camp at Neom, and there's not much built yet. We're, you know, at 50 miles, maybe not even from Elat in Israel. We're right next to Israel. And I think, you know, you, you've you obviously seen what's happened now between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan. Saudi Arabia, I think, will be next. Um, you know, there's, I think, some really interesting potential business between, you know, a tech powerhouse uh, like Israel uh, and, um, you know, Saudi Arabia with the sort of young educated population, a lot of financial uh, muscle, there can be some very interesting um, things happening, I think, with those two countries. And, and NEOM could be where that happens.
0: So. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Also, there's a real practical need for this sort of a thing to be built and, let's face it, effectively tested <laughs> in the process yeah. uh, in that region, at least of which due to climate change anyway, which is going to have a markedly more profound effect on that part of the world anyway.
1: Quite right. Absolutely, Mark. Totally agree. And, and remember, you know, going back to the sector that um, is very dear to your heart and to mine, and that is, um, you know, mobility and autonomy, et cetera. Remember that the Saudis now have been pretty big players in that field. Um, the You know, they're massive investors uh, uh, in Uber. Uh, they put a billion dollars into Lucid Motors, the... Um, the EV company here in California, Um, you know, they've been making quite interesting bets in new mobility. So, uh, you know, this, I think Neom will be where a lot of those are kind of tested out.
0: I mean, it makes sense. If you're starting from scratch, you can effectively develop and deploy level four and level five autonomous vehicles rather more like public transit than personalized vehicles that are otherwise yeah. shared. Yeah. And I think this is a really big point that a lot of folks miss. One of the questions that turns up a lot is, you know, what is the optimal sort of, shall we say, market strategy for autonomous vehicle companies? How are you going to get folks to stop buying and owning and driving their own cars, never mind car sharing? How do you just get people to embrace autonomous vehicles, right? Because this is not a foregone conclusion. It's a yeah. thing we've been studying around the world for quite some time now actually, yeah. uh, on consumer acceptance of AVs and it's 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 a very difficult thing to get folks to do. And one of the things I've been suggesting for a while is that you know autonomous vehicles can't be marketed as a substitute for a privately owned vehicle, but rather as an alternative altogether. I mean, to put it a different way, a car with no steering wheel, or even worse, a car with a steering wheel but no driver, that's a very diff- difficult thing for a person to accept. Yes. On the other hand, if you've just got a thing which is like a pod car, and it's zipping around on some dedicated road. That's basically a train. That's very easy for you to wrap your head around. So if this place is built like that, which it sounds like it will be, that's going to be a much easier path to consumers uh, to consumer acceptance.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to have both. Uh, I think you're going to have both. And I and and you know, by the way, I think you know we could talk for hours on this subject. But yeah. you know, I think the future of mobility in cities will be truly multimodal and i think that's the key so i think we're going to have you know a, a, a very rich mix of um, you know uh, vehicles with different form factors whether it's you know going from a bicycle to an e-bike to a e-motorcycle to you know a hydrogen car a battery electric car vans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's a whole new class of vehicles that's coming on the market now, which is essentially kind of gussied up uh, golf electric golf buggies. I mean, three wheelers, et cetera. I mean, a number of companies mm-hmm. are, are coming out with interesting models. And I think you'll have, you know, um, a lot of shared mobility of different types, whether it's micro mobility, uh, you know, scooters going up to cars, uh, and vans, and you'll have various kinds of autonomous services. So it, it, it's it's kind of a rich palette that we can, you know, that we'll choose from. And it's a very different from, you know, how we were brought up and our parents were brought up and the cities in which we lived, in which it was, you know, you had a car, you didn't have a car, period. You know, if you didn't have a car, you'd take a taxi or, you know, public transport. And th- there wasn't a choice of... Um, conveyances as there will be, you know, as, as there increasingly is in our cities, I think. So, um, no, I'm, I mean, the future is incredibly bright and promising, I think, uh, you know, you know the, it's nice
0: to hear that optimistic view on things because sometimes <laughs> you talk to folks and they <laughs> to be a bit more pessimistic. I, I actually tend to share your optimism. I mean, not least of which, because if for no other reason, uh, I mean, this is a super lucrative future too. I mean, people are going to at least get behind that aspect of it. I mean, th- th- this makes such perfectly good sense for Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia, to get into this space. I mean, it's a, I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, um, you, you know, it's interesting. I, I was so I was so keen to dive in and kind of understand mm-hmm. everything you're up to here. I, I I usually love to kick things off understanding about uh, the individual. I mean, what, what what in your background led you down this uh, just amazing path? I mean, how did you even get here? Uh, well, I mean, for
1: I, I don't know how amazing it is, but you know, for for quite a few years, uh, I was in the press, and I was um, working in Europe in the Middle East. I was the uh, Europe editor of Business Week magazine, uh, hmm. which was a big weekly before before it went downhill and was sold to Bloomberg <laughs> and sort of been reborn in something else. But it was a great place to work, and so I, you know, I looked closely at uh you know uh, economies and industries etc and i think my real passion though ever since i was a kid growing up in new york city um and i had you know a bunch of urban planners and architects in my immediate family was really cities and how um and i you know i've always a city boy i lived in new york and uh, in paris and rome i was the bureau chief in 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 rome italy for 10 years um, also covering the Middle East. So I just love cities. Really, really, really into cities. And I think, you know, starting about 15 or 20 years ago, um, I had been in charge of uh, physically putting together this big annual event in Switzerland, the, the World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos, which is at the end of January, sort of gathering of, you know, the yeah. uh, the good and the great of this world. And... You know, the the big thing back then was, it was, you know, Bill Gates and then Mark Zuckerberg. It was the internet and it was, you know, the, the digital revolution that was really transforming everything. Um, and then we be, I began to see that the, and feel that very strongly that the next big thing in a way would be the impact of this the digital revolution on cities that cities would be the next big thing how we live in cities and how we create smart cities smart infrastructure etc and I really began to think about this a lot 15 16 years ago and I felt that the World economic Forum uh, should refocus on cities because the majority of the world's population, of course, uh, now lives in cities. And we we passed that threshold around 10 years ago. And it was, a, frankly, I I'd kind of waged a bit of an uphill battle at the World Economic Forum. And um, I think at the time, no, no way, no, cities are not important. You know, I was told and uh, you know, we don't want mayors here, we want, you know, heads of state and prime ministers. And I thought, well, okay, I'll, you know, start thinking about a new platform that, um, is focused on cities and, and the transformation of cities. And that led me to launch the new cities foundation around 11 years ago. And it, we kind of hit the ground running because we had very, you know, we had, um, support right from the beginning from, um, I think general electric, uh, Ericsson and Cisco. Cisco has been a very strong backer of ours mm-hmm. through the years. And I think that, you know, um, uh, you know, what we wanted to look at was really the impact of these digital technologies on cities. And, um, you know, we were one of the first institutions to really focus on that. Um, you know, at the time people really weren't talking about smart cities. I mean, now it's sort of a commonplace phrase, but so we were quite early movers in that space. And then, you know, as I said, when you start to look at cities, um, you ha you very quickly look at how goods and people move around cities. It's very key to, you know, the obviously the economic vibrancy of a city, but also how a city is physically laid out. You know, it, it was starting with you know, the Romans and the grid system of modern western cities derives from the old Roman encampments and the need for kind of straight avenues for the chariots of the legionnaires to, you know, to to go down, and you know
0: what you're talking about reminds me of a hilarious thing one of my uh, partners uh, at Hogan Co used to say often is that uh, you know the Romans have been dealing with traffic jams for two thousand years.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, totally. But you know what's interesting is we have a real chance now to kind of really rethink what the city is because of the revolution that is happening in mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you think about a city like. Los Angeles, where I live now, it's you know a city that essentially is sort of post-war construct of freeways, uh, you know, connecting you know these distant areas of the, of the city. It's all based on the car and how you move around in a car.
0: But my understanding is that wasn't that was quite intentional, though, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken, it wasn't it Frank Lloyd Wright who had actually suggested that, that 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 the city be intentionally more sprawled out rather than a single single focused. Urban core was that not by design? It was
1: by design to an extent. I mean, you know what's funny is that you had you know a little over a hundred years ago, you had probably North America, if not the world's most developed um, streetcar system uh, here in Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: that, that is true. And yeah. if you had a
1: you had you know you had a huge sort of public, semi-public transit. It's how people got around, right? And <coughs> and that was. Then sort of cheap gasoline, um, you know the the um, the move post war with you know GIs coming back to this country. L.A. was you know a big uh, port for the Pacific Theater, so it was warm, uh, et cetera. Everybody bought cars, and the you know all of the streetcar lines were kind of gobbled up and closed and well, my uh,
0: understanding was that was a pretty concentrated effort by automakers to kind of buy up the the exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: smart business but i think yeah. that era is coming to an well, end. well it's
0: ironic yeah because now you guys have a, have a have a train going back to uh, santa monica from downtown we talk about history repeating itself
1: in <laughs> fact with I, the expo line which i am a great user of i take my electric bike and uh, bike about five or ten minutes to the metro stop, go on the metro with my bike and, and head downtown. I love it and um...
0: <laughs> well it's good to hear that it works well yeah. that's real good
1: yeah, yeah. l a in ten years will i don't think you'll recognize it i mean it, and I think what's so extraordinary is in ten years' time, for example, we'll have ubiquitous uh, autonomous vehicles uh, going around the city, mostly shared. There'll be, I think, a massive use of new kinds of uh, electric or, or hydrogen fuel cell powered um, flying, flying vehicles that will um, take you on short hops throughout the city. I mean, that is coming and that will be there's a whole revolution around that, I believe, that will transform cities, especially cities as spread out as, as Los Angeles. What's um,
0: happening with the, uh, the the underground from downtown to UCLA in Westwood? Is that still happening?
1: Oh, don't ask me on specifics of, of lines. Um,
0: it that, is, obviously, that intrigued me on a personal note. I mean, that just like blew my mind. I remember hearing about this a few years yeah. ago and I thought, wow, if they actually pull that off, that's astonishing.
1: Well, one of the things, you know, look, you know, voters agreed to a tax increase, you know, whenever it was uh, four years ago, Measure in which is you know uh, over the next 10 years or so we'll raise 121 billion dollars for um public transportation infrastructure in in, in uh, the LA region. So, you know, we also have the Olympics coming of course in 2028. Oh, yeah. Um so we have a real need to kind of lay these li- these new, you know, um uh, light rail lines out, uh, around the city
0: yeah well to la's credit i mean i've always been a fan of the speed with which things seem to get built there i mean i'm always i was i was still down there when a lot of the 405 widening was happening and it just blew my mind i just it's just such an awesome brute force effort to making things work. Uh, not yeah. that widening freeways is the optimal solution, obviously, but no. just to give a very visual uh, example of that brute force approach to, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and we're going to get it done quickly. It's pretty yeah. astonishing how fast things move. So, yeah. uh, And also, I remember the huge street uh, streetlight synchronization project that, that, that yes, was undertaken. Exactly. Okay, so maybe it didn't have quite the end result that was hoped for, but still, it's impressive it even got done in the first place. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. It, um,
1: it, it is impressive because is, you know it's all the more impressive because Los Angeles how big it is.
0: probably more than
1: any other urban region in the United States is so complicated from a jurisdictional point of view. You know you oh, have yeah. within LA County you have eighty eight different municipalities. It's true. Starting with and, and you know LA is the city of LA is the largest but it's not the only one. And so you have you know eighty eight municipal administrations to contend with, you know, the county, state it's a really complicated city to run. And then you have that. You also have the, um, the kind of constitutional structure of the city of Los Angeles, which which has a kind of weak mayor. Um, so, you know, the real budgets are, are, are not in the city. It's more in the county. Hmm. And so it, it's, it's, you know, you say you're impressed by the speed at which things are done. In fact, you know, I find that, Sometimes it's the opposite is true that there's, you know, things tend to move slowly here and it's, uh you know, I, I certainly would like to see more speed. I'm, I'm impressed with a lot of the things that are being done, but I think we do, it's 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 a tough city to get everybody moving in the same direction. I guess that's how it went Yeah,
0: look, that's, that's a really interesting point. I mean, granted, I'm speaking from largely visual, kind of personal anecdotal yeah. observations. They compared, for instance, to San Francisco, where I think I'm not alone in, agreeing that uh things tend to move at a snail's pace but that's for yeah. a lot of political molasses shall we say yeah. um i've often joked that for a city as small as sf it's embarrassing that such relatively trivial projects take so long to get designed approved yeah. And, yeah. and built so by that metric at least i've been impressed that a place as large and as you say complex as la yeah. has managed to do as much as it has i think that might be a valid statement perhaps yeah. um, but nevertheless no I, I see your point um Oh, wow, you're right. We could talk about this for hours. And so on that (laughs) note, how about this? With respect for your time, uh, please know that you're welcome back at any time in the future if you'd like. And as an aside, uh, I would love to introduce you to, as I've mentioned, one of my partners, the transport economist, Martin Adler. I think it'd be really fantastic for you to get acquainted.
1: Where is he based, Martin? So
0: he's based in Amsterdam, although I say that. He's actually one time zone further still in Greece for the time being. Uh Um, But uh, yeah, so you can imagine our you know trying to sync up our... Ten time zone delta. Poor guy is basically on Pacific time at this point. (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I just think it'd be super cool for the two of you to connect and have a chat uh, if you'd like. And I am happy to to. absolutely.
1: Please do connect us. Yeah, no, I will
0: absolutely. Well, cool, John. Really, really fantastic conversation. Like I said, I look forward to have you back at some future time. And um, by all means, yeah, absolutely,
1: Mark. It's it's been a delight talking to you, and I look forward to you know meeting you in the flesh.
0: Sounds good. All right. Well, take care. Talk soon. Yep. Bye -bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.
0: And that is a wrap for today, and indeed this week. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Bye bye.